Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm speaking with the president and CEO of Achieve Minneapolis this morning. Achieve Minneapolis helps students with college and career readiness. Welcome, Danielle Grant. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. So you've had quite a year, as we all have, but talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on these days with Achieve Minneapolis. Well, absolutely. I think uh, same as everyone else, we basically had to reconceptualize everything that we do as we shifted to distance learning and the realities of the pandemic. So starting last spring, our career and college centers that we have in 11 Minneapolis public high schools and and four St. Paul public high schools had to go virtual. And so we were able to really shift our focus on to the seniors and like helping our seniors navigate the realities of making those post-secondary plans and decisions in a really uncertain time. And, um, you know, I think we've all been watching the news and seeing how things are, are going or not going with all the different kinds of um, things that are happening with our, at our colleges, whether they're fully remote or there's some sort of hybrid. And really helping young people navigate that in such an uncertain time was a, a pretty big challenge for our staff. Uh, so we really tried to help students with that, while at the same time recognizing Um, It's not just about their future plan, but really helping them with the emotions and feelings and everything that we were all going through and our students were feeling very deeply last spring. I'm sure you can understand it was a pretty rough year to be a senior in high school and uh, missing out on so many of those really, like we look back on those big memories we all have from high school and it just looked really, really different for students this last spring. And so our coordinators really played an important role in helping young people, you know, navigate that, navigate all their feelings um, and, and really think about what it does mean to make that plan for themselves post high school in an uncertain time. So, so that was pretty challenging. At the same time, as you know, we're partners with the city of Minneapolis, uh, Project for Pride and Living, and DEED with the um, uh, Step Up Summer Employment Program. Um, you know, usually we have approximately 1,500 interns in um, paid summer internships ages, you know, 14 to 21 with 200 different employers. And, and that had to all look different in a pandemic. We ended up um, having to pull the plug on a workforce readiness training uh, two days before we were expecting approximately 500 young people to come to a training at Minneapolis College on a Saturday uh, we got the notification that um, schools were going to be being closed and uh, Minneapolis College was closing and we had to pull the plug on that. So we ended up having to shift our workforce readiness training online, uh, which we managed to do, um, and then figure out what we could do for the summer to pull something up. So we are thrilled that we were able to hold approximately 470 uh, summer internships virtually. So this was our first time ever doing this kind of remote internships uh, online. So, you know, even though it was much smaller numbers, we are really proud that we managed to pull something off this summer. Um, and then for the students who would have been served by, you know, internships who unfortunately didn't get one of those few uh, remote internships, we created um, an online learning uh, programs. So they were able to do some online professional development, building their portfolio, building their resume, and then getting a stipend for that. So students were able to earn some money um, over the summer, even though they didn't get internships and, and just continue their career development. So I, I can't just, I can't even express how proud I was of my team and, and our partners for really just saying, okay, 
what do we do and how can we make something work for young people? Because this summer was a pretty big challenge for everyone. And, um, you know, young people really count on that income and their families count on that income. So it was really important that we could pull something off for students and uh, make it work for them this summer. So we were pretty proud of that. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's such a feat to accomplish. And I, I would love to hear some examples, if you can think of some offhand, of some of the more unique experiences you think students might have had over the summer doing a, a, a virtual internship. You know, there were all kinds of different things. Um, but, you know, I, I would say like a virtual internship, just by the nature of it, you're, you know, you're mostly sitting on the computer. So it was a lot of you know, the, I would say what was different from it is I will, I do know that there was a lot of intentional mentoring that went on because that is something that you can do pretty successfully via, you know, um, Zoom or, or um, uh, Microsoft Teams or, or anything like that. Uh, so there was a lot of that type of connection. I think our students missed out on being in the, you know, office environment and really getting to experience that. But they were able to do a lot of like, work on different projects and, and um, you know, helping teams um, at different employers, you know, get some actual work done. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I will say that most of the students who did have the virtual internships this summer were older students. So this wasn't, you know, our 14 and 15 year olds. Uh, this was students who had typically had a step up internship already and had some work experience or a little more seasoned um, and, and ready to work with employers in that you've got to work pretty independently when you're working by yourself from a computer. I'm curious, too, if there's anything about the model that you're currently operating under that you could see uh, this works really well and we'll continue this once things get back to uh, as normal as they might get in the future. You know, absolutely. I've been saying this all along. So, you know, as I mentioned, we had to um, very rapidly pivot and put our workforce readiness training online and try to create that. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to go to exclusively online in the future, but I think that it's possible that we could create a hybrid model um, just to make it more accessible for students. Because for some students, that is a big boundary, um, a big barrier for them to be able to go to a Saturday training all day. Um, you know, they have family responsibilities. You know, for example, a couple uh, last year, we um, had a special training opportunity for our students at Longfellow High School who are our pregnant and parenting teens. And we enabled them to do their workforce readiness training at their school. Um, this eliminated a huge barrier for participation for them. And so we were able to have a much higher number of those students participate um, per the last summer than um, we ever had before. So I think if we want to continue eliminating barriers to participation, like we need to be thinking about what did we learn with that by putting it online? Could that be something that's accessible for students um, and figuring out how to continue to use technology in that way? I'd also say I thought the professional development opportunities that students were offered this summer, the ones who didn't have the opportunity to have an internship. I thought that was an outstanding opportunity, and I'd love to continue that in the future as well. You said that in the spring, understandably, it, it, the work that you do became much more focused on the seniors uh, rather than uh, all, all the high school kids. So what's that going to look like then, or what does that look like this fall? 
Yeah. So, you know, this fall we're, we're back at it. Um, I think in all of the schools right now, they're just really focused with the, the school teams and trying to like get everybody up and running and oriented. I mean, we're just in week two, so it's all hands on deck at our schools right now. Uh, really welcoming those students. Uh, we are going to be working with students across the whole population. We're, we're getting ready now to roll out in a couple of weeks a uh, schedule of all our career exposure uh, events that'll be coming up this uh, year because we're going to be doing those virtually. So um, that opens up new possibilities as well. I mean, that opens up instead of just having a career exposure event um, where folks are coming in and talking about a specific career just at Henry High School, for example, uh, you can open that up to kids from across the whole district. So any student who might be interested, for example, in a career in engineering could participate in, a, in that kind of session and not be limited to just what speakers are coming to your school. So that's another thing that we're going to be doing this year just to really innovate. I mean, my big concern right now is how do we connect with our ninth graders um, you know, the, the 10th through 12th graders, they know our coordinators. They are familiar with the Career and College Center. They know who to seek out for help. They know they have that relationship, right? So yeah. we really need to introduce that to the freshmen. Um, just I think this is a challenging year for all students, but particularly students who are at those transition ages, starting kindergarten, starting middle <laughs> school, starting high school. You know, it's it's a pretty big challenge because they don't have those existing relationships with the staff and, and teachers at the school. So I think really making intentional plans to engage with those ninth graders by pushing into some of their classes, some of their advisory um, is a really important thing to just get that relationship built so we can start um, connecting our young people and, and getting them, you know, keeping them on that path to figuring out what their future should hold. Danielle, what else would like would you like to add? Yeah, I would really love to mention, you know, another really exciting thing we've got going on uh, coming up is Ed Talks. Um, so folks are probably familiar with this. This is our little riff on TED Talks, uh, but it's all about education. And um, we've gone 100% online this year. So we have uh, one coming up on October 5th. Uh, this year, we made the intentional decision to really highlight black and brown voices in our speakers. And so uh, on October 5th, Fifth, our first one of the year, we have Michael Walker, who's the director of the Minneapolis Public Schools Office of Black Student Achievement, will be speaking on changing outcomes for black males. We also will have uh, Dr. Artika Tyner. She is the professor and founding director at the University of St. Thomas Center in Race, Leadership, and Social Justice. She'll be speaking on Learn to Read and Learn to Lead. So we are really excited to host this. October 5th, if you go to the Achieve Minneapolis website, there's a link there uh, to register. It, it's free and open to anyone, and uh, we'd sure love for people to hop on and, and participate, and you'll have the opportunity uh, in the online session to ask questions and interact with the speakers as well. AchieveMPLS.org is the website, AchieveMPLS.org. Danielle Grant, she's the president of the and CEO of Achieve Minneapolis. Thank you so much for your time today, Danielle. It was great to have you back on the show. Always happy to be here. Thanks so much.